This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovic. I love Billy Steele. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Welcome back. Welcome back to On the Block with Stricken Bach. A lot to get into tonight. We're going to talk right now about the Nebraska basketball game on last night. It was a, it was a tough game, but the, the Huskers fought hard. They, they played their heart out, but again, they're not able to get over the hump. It is, a, it is one of the funniest things that we have to deal with, and we've consistently seen it both in the fall and now in the winter. It's like it's, they're right there on the tip of, on the verge of breaking through, and they can't seem to find uh, what it takes to get it done. But nonetheless, they got uh, a hard-fought game against a tough Illinois team last night, ranked 25th in the nation. Bach, what's your thoughts on last night's game? Well, it was certainly exciting, and, and I thought, I mean, I, I, I think I could watch just about Ill, every Illinois game from here on out, The just the the presence that is Kofi Coburn. And I thought Nebraska did a great job, and, and they said as much. Brad Underwood uh, said as much that Derek Walker did one of the better jobs of guarding him all year. And, of course, with Derek Walker guarding him comes also the help side defense. And, and I think that for the most part they did a pretty good job with that. Um, but just just a, a fun game. I mean, Nebraska was hitting shots early. They took the lead. You know, they kind of had to fight. Um, and we're, we're kind of punching right up there with one of the best teams in the league, one of the best teams in the nation. Uh, of course, the final – few minutes it kind of dissolved but um, plenty of highlights plenty of things to run through I mean Bryce McGowan's I think is starting to take that next step um, certainly he's taking that next step as far as finishing at the rack where he had three huge dunks last night um, some people were a little bit upset with Bryce flexing on that last dunk because Nebraska was obviously in a losing position at that point in time so a lot of stuff to break down in that game um, I, I was surprised that there was no technical given off the bench for for Illinois player who was who was, who was not dressed um, you know kind of barking a, a few times and sh- grabbing a ball and shooting it I it was kind of interesting because Nebraska usually has the Trey McGowan's or Willem Bredenbach we saw him last night those guys that that aren't you know, willing or ready to play are all the way at the end of the bench or even standing up while he was kind of just among the teammates. Uh, I wanted to ask you, is that a a standard practice? Usually is an injured guy kind of even sits uh, past the, um, you know, the the very end of the bench where the guys that you know that aren't going to play, or is that just kind of based on the team or, or the injury or the star power there? Yeah, it's probably based on the team. Some of it's star power, some of it, Mostly they're towards the end of the bench or just behind the bench because you, you normally would have a full um, team that, that occupies, that is actually playing, that would occupy those seats. But, you know, being that he's a, a integral part of the Illinois team, he probably was there on the bench. Um, but nonetheless, you know, Illinois uh, won the game 81-71 to there at Pinnacle Bank Arena. It is a thing that's kind of funny. I mean, if you look at the statistics, you know, Illinois shooting 47%, Nebraska shooting 46%. Uh, 
Nebraska actually shooting six for 12, 50% from three to who Illinois, and that's what they do. I mean, their game plan was definitely uh, put into play last night, and that was to put them into a mid-range game, and they only shot seven for 19 from three at 37%. But the, cr- the key part of that is they hit some crucial ones late in the second half that caused them to get over. And you would find that a Nebraska team that shot almost 80% from the free throw line, shooting just as many, only five less than uh, Illinois, with Illinois shooting 63%, only having two more turnovers than them. Um, everything they did other than rebound, and those rebound numbers really didn't show what it was until late in the game when it's crucial. And that's what it comes down to. In the crucial parts of the second half, they played pretty much a 35, 33 minute game and it's it's those seven minutes those five minutes that that they end up coming up short especially in crucial games you find a veteran team mostly illinois all of seniors their their whole starting lineup there's four seniors only one junior and that's uh that's kofi cockburn uh coburn and 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 at the end of the day that showed last night the veteran leadership of that team in frazier who came through for them shooting nine for 18 three for six from three with a five-to-one uh, t- assist-to-turnover ratio, it showed, and that's why they ended up pulling out the game last night. It was very tough, but there were some things in that game, uh, Bach, that I found that was uh, uh, was a show point of why they weren't able to get it done. Um, I thought also part of it was uh, crucial rebounds. I mean, a ball ends up hitting off the top of C.J. Rilser's head. It goes up on the rim, and, and we find a, a, a core of Nebraska players just watching it as – as Illinois pay, uh, players pursue it. Another instance, a couple of instances where um, the rebounds were crucial and you had a situation where um, Hawkins ends up pulling down a rebound and basically doing a Moses Malone and getting three, <laughs> three rebounds out of that situation, <clears throat> ending up with eight <laughs> and really would have only had five. Yeah, three just in that one uh, situation, uh, in that one sequence, I mean. So... I think they did some good things. They did some positive things. But again, they've got to figure out down down the stretch how to how to play a 40-minute game. They can't take any minutes off. And and that's that that ultimately was the difference in this game. And of course, for any team, when you play Illinois and you, you have to spend so much uh, energy and effort on Coburn, um, it's just kind of, you know, when will Illinois hit the threes? And that's what buried them too at the end is they, they kind of gave – Illinois, the opportunity to get those shots, you know, all game long, they were going to live and die. They did a great job, actually, of chasing them off the three-point line and getting them to take long-distance yeah. twos throughout the night. So it was, it, it turned out pretty well. And then at the end there, they just kind of hit some of those threes that ultimately buried Nebraska. Um, but it, it, it's just, it, I mean, just fascinating team altogether. Brad Underwood, one of my favorite coaches in the league, um, and they had to recruit Kofi Coburn back this offseason. If you if you remember, there was a few days where he was um, just kind of a flow free agent not just in college basketball but also potentially um going pro and he, he just kind of had his mind had a few month weeks there where it was just open and then he, he announced his commitment back to illinois and so they, they kind of built that offense around him um so it was just fascinating to watch nebraska um try and and, and sometimes like double teaming him um with tominaga and and getting a foul call on that i, I just remember it's just they're they're <laughs> Tominaga's just so small. I, I, I heard you guys having an argument uh, last night. Not an argument, but a difference in opinion on uh, if Tominaga should try be trying to box out DP, doesn't want him to get hurt. You, like, like you said kind of yesterday, uh, having have boxed out Yao Ming's before, you, you kind of say, it, no matter what your size, check the guy behind you, try to make sure you can get that rebound. And I agree with you. I just, you know, there's certain 
you know, a lot of it worked well. I just don't know how effective it would be to ever bring Tamanaga to come and double um, down on, on Kofi Coburn. He just doesn't have enough the size or, you know, to, to, to really mean that much to what Coburn is trying to do. But, um, you know, there was a play there, and he, and he got the foul. I don't think he probably should have got the foul. Um, but Nebraska had quite a few of them where they're kind of swiping uh, Illinois' face, and sometimes that happens. But I, I just think that – I think overall it was very – promising to me because the game plan was set in place they kind of tried something different as not as, as far as not just chucking up a bunch of threes like I said they ran Illinois off the three-point line for a majority of the night I just thought everything fit pretty well it, the, the only problem is Nebraska was going to have to play nearly a perfect game to win that one and there's just a few problems they had and, and one that stood out to me again was I don't know how how we've kind of been through this is that the star players on the team still take awful shots sometimes. And, and, and you said it last night on the postgame show where you almost have to have a multiple-choice session with those guys, sit them down and quiz them so they know <laughs> what, the, what the bad shots are because they take the same ones. Bryce McCowan's took a, a, not just an NBA three, but like, you know, three, three, four feet behind an NBA three for seemingly no reason and then tried to flop his way and got a flop warning out of the bad shot. Alonzo Verge was benched earlier this season for taking a fast bake three. Didn't change the fact that he did it once again in this game. And those are your team. And he's shooting twenty seven percent from three. So that that in itself yeah. is you know it, one of them. It was just fascinating to me that they that those were the very same shots, like the exact same shots they were benched for uh, just a few games ago, as that was a big point for this team. You would think that that would translate from game to game, week to week. The hope is that the coaching would translate, but it just didn't. It, it seems to sometimes still get lost um, some of the shots they can take. And I'll throw C.J. Wilcher in there. I think that he's, you know, he's obviously a hot hand. He can get going, but you don't get a heat check after making one shot. Tamanaga got benched a few games ago for doing that. You have to earn your heat check. Take two good threes. If you make two good threes within the offense, then you got your heat check. But you don't hit one and then get a heat check automatically the next possession. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I mean, I think, I think what you saw is what it's like to really have, and, and again, this is, this is no knock on anybody's style of play, but this is what it shows when you have a point guard that actually leads and runs the team. I mean, I, I saw in, in two instances, they had two similar plays where Frazier had the ball. I think one of the things that I like about Frazier is that um, he's, he's very, there's no um, extra movements or extra dribbles, right? So when he's purposeful, let me say that, that's the word I'm looking for. He's very purposeful in what he does, whether it's, it, you know, it, it doesn't take him four five, eight dribbles to try to get by somebody. He's two dribbles off the pick and roll, gets to a certain spot, boom, drops a dime on somebody. Uh, I saw a couple instances where he drove to the baseline Got got deep on the baseline. Normally, there's there's two ways. You either dribble and continue the dribble on out uh, to the Steve Nash, i.e. Steve Nash type, you know, or Chris Paul type, where you hold your dribble and continue it out. In those instances, there are a couple situations where Verge got deep, uh, Kobe got deep, and picked up their dribble, and there's nowhere to go. The thing about that Illinois team is they know they know where their guys are, and those guys got to space and got the positions. He found a guy in the corner, bang, three-pointer. There is another one where he, he gets it, bad shot on the other end. They secure it, come back down, run a similar type of play, dribbles baseline, 
They cover the three in the corner. Boom, he whips it out to the guy uh, at the top, and bang, they hit another one. So you get a 7-0 run right there. Uh, they missed a free throw, but they get a 7-0 run, and that's, that's, that's the game. That's pretty much the game. I think on the other end, what we found is that um, there was a difference between a team that knows who they are, uh, that has an identity, um, and they went inside and they, and they got the ball to Coburn, who found guys as well for, for great opportunities. But they know where they are. They know who they're going to. They know where they're going to be. And, and that's another situation. I think, was you, as you mentioned also with the double-team situation, if you're going to double-team a Kofi Kerbone, it's just not on catch. You have to go with certain guys like that. There's certain strong guys. Like, we never went to Shaq on catch because, because you, you, you know, he's good at finding the guy off a catch, a look. He's going to find that open guy. You have to go when they make their first dribble. So I think they should have maybe made an adjustment with that when he takes his first dribble, boom, you shoot at him. You run hard at that next, that second dribble because then guys kind of, they tense up and they, they get confused and they don't know where to find that next guy at, right? And this usually sometimes can be a turnover situation. So, uh, or it allows you to be able to recover because they pick it up and they really don't know where they're going because they're looking to get into their thing, right? They're looking to get into their, you know, dribble as he was doing and his spin back to the baseline or his dribble, give you a little shoulder and get to that jump hook. So I, I think that's kind of where they messed up because they were they were firing at him on catch and and he was actually able to find guys. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And it's something that, you know, kind of stuck with me that one time uh, I was just told on the basketball court is that if you're going to double, you better steal the ball. I mean, you're not you're not doubling to try to, like, just somewhat be a pest or, or kind of change. You're leaving your guy wide open. So if you're doubling, you better be either so disruptive that you're getting a steal or disruptive that the next, you know, the, the pass out of it is a steal. Not just kind of lackadaisical double just because that seems like something to do. And I don't think they were necessarily doing that at times, but um, I just I just, I just, just like to uh, emphasize that sometimes when we when you see a double, if you're a defender, that's your ball. Go get that ball. That's that's what you're doubling for. <laughs> it's not just for show. Um, what did well, you think well, of- when you when you when you mentioned that before your question, when you when you mentioned that, and that's that that's alluding that's getting back to the point where I said right, um, the double is is either to create an opportunity of steal, but it also to create um, not necessarily a steal, but that next pass to not be on time because then that allows you to recover. So if the pass is not on time, it's either not going to be a good shot or it's not going to uh, be a, um, a situation to where they can move it real fast to where you can't recover. So you either want to create it where they're, they're throwing an off time or an off, um, in, you know, not in the pocket, so to speak, where they have to either move or they have to uh, shift or it's kind of low where it gives you an opportunity to recover. So it is not, not necessarily, it is a good point because you do want to create that, but not necessarily always, but it's to create a situation of either confusion uh, in the next, who the next guy is, or it is also to create uh, a bad pass out of the double team, which then allows you to get into your rotations. Just watching Kofi Coburn, do you think that he's got a shot at the next level, or do you think he's more of a kind of like a Boban or or maybe Taco Fall, or you know, just a, a guy that that probably isn't going to develop? I mean, those free throw shots were tough to watch. Uh, he might not be able to develop the shot, but just kind of be a, a change of pace type of guy at the next level, or do you think he could be in every you know, every type of, uh, you know, get 20, 40 minutes a game. Well, with his size, right? Yes, he's a very physical presence, um, but he's not Joel Embiid, right? Joel Embiid has a little bit of range. He has 
Uh, he's very skilled with both hands. Um, um, but with his size and just the physicality, there's other guys that are just, you know, they're strong too. Um, their timing, uh, they'll let you take the, you know, a guy like, um, um, you know, some of the best shot blockers in the league um, will, will be able to take some of that contact and still with that space, be able to get to a, a jump hook or something of that nature, as opposed to in, in the collegiate, in, in the collegiate ranks. So um, I, I think he would struggle because this game is very spacious, uh, spacious. Um, it allows for a skill set to be able to hit, hit certain shots at 15 or, or beyond you know, you've got your Jokic's. Yeah, those guys are very skilled in the post, but they're also very skilled in, in from free throw line extended as well, and they, and they can do a lot of things. I just don't know if he has that skill set yet. So it was good that he came back. Hopefully he can develop that, and, 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 and if he can develop a little bit of a jumper, uh, I don't know the game today fits what Kofi does, but I think he still is somebody that they would get in there and be able to work on expanding his skill set. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. I mean, especially he'll probably go in the second round, late, late first, maybe if somebody's looking for some front court help um, to have a big body. I don't know defensively if he's um, a presence um, to be able to be of concern as far as moving his feet. Um, You have to be able to guard and switches and and be able to guard in, in blitz situations a little bit. Um, I just don't know if he has that that ability yet. Yeah, when Bryce E.M. done him, it, you know, it was, it was one of those things where it's, you know, usually you'd think a guy like that, it's a major contest from Kofi, but he's just kind of slow of getting over. He, he didn't really even contest yeah. the jam too much. That's what so, I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And, and what I did love, here's what I did love. I loved how Derek Walker took the challenge, both defensively and offensively. And it, it, to me, he should have gotten more touches because he was working out. I mean, he did. He did his thing. Um, they got him the ball. I think there were a few situations. And th- this is what I talked about on the show last night is, is there was a couple of situations where they had switches and he had, he had mismatched situations and they didn't recognize it. That's the thing that they've got to be able to do better. They've got to be able to know and understand. Uh, um, and, and, and I think what happens is the eyes of the guards light up because they're like, oh, I got this big guy on me. You know, got, you know, like Burge or somebody like that, or even McGowan's, they light up and they're like, well, I got this big guy on No, you got a guy that's shooting 70% against a mismatch. Get him the ball because why? Not necessarily that he's even going to score. Derek Walker is very skilled enough to be able to make the next play to make sure you get a good shot. So to me, I'm looking at it from a standpoint of, okay, I got this big guy on me. Guess what? I get the ball to him. What does a big guy do? They always drift to the paint. I'm going to get a, if not a butt naked shot, or I'm going to get a second guy running at me for a good shot fake. I'm into the paint into maybe a mid range or into whatever I want to get into. Usually that shot's going to come back to me. If I've got a a mismatch and I get the ball into a guy who's shooting because their coaches and everybody and their mama is going to be saying double or telling Kofi to get back down there on him. And they're going to try to do a switch, which is going to give me that space I need to be able to get that shot off. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they just got to have to – I mean, it, with their shooting percentage, you just got to take advantage every time you can. Like you said, it might not even be a shot, but, um, you yeah. know, the other teams is doing their scouting report, so they'll know if he's got a mismatch going low, they're going to double or they're going to, you know, do the best they can to make up for that so he doesn't get a nice look down there. Um, the, the one thing I did want to ask you, too, is that some, some Husker fans, I saw it on Twitter, were not happy. First of all, always awesome when a really skinny guy flexes. Bryce, <laughs> Bryce is going to have to work in that <laughs> weight room, but I love the skinny flex. And, but he had plenty of it. I mean, he, he looked like he is taking that next step. I still kind of look at mock drafts uh, around, you know, around the web, and they still have him late first round. Um, so we'll kind of see as he's developing. You know, it, it seems like he's, he's kind of learning about the physicality in the league, better finisher at the rim at least as of last night. Do you have a problem with a player? Um, of course, we always see it with defensive backs or at the wide receiver level in the NFL or whatever it is. If you're down, you know, you're, you're in a losing situation, but you make a good play, is it okay to kind of celebrate for yourself? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Shoot, yeah. I don't care what time it is. I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I think one of the things I, I, I look at Bryce, and I think um, I still think he plays too high. And I, and I spoke – uh, to DP about that because I noticed that a lot of even his mid-range shots, that's that's strength. That has nothing to do with your shooting ability, even his range shots. Uh, you notice that his shot's a lot better early than it is late, and that's just strength. That's just strength in your lower body and your hips and your legs. Um, you, he gets into his mid-range, and his shots are coming up short, and it's just because he's, he's, he's not playing from that low center of gravity to be able to elevate and get to high peak in his jumpers to make those shots. I, that's something I would be working with him on. You know, if I was in, in, in that, um, um, in that, on that coaching staff, I would be getting with him, uh, working on different areas, making sure he's taking contact before he raises because he's, he's still playing too high. So if you're taking contact on your mid range range, those are good shots. I mean, you get to a certain spot, but you got to be able to raise through the contact. And, and still high peak and, 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 and make that shot. And some of the part of it, too, of, of him playing better is not just what you do, it's, it's what you don't do. Other than that awful errant three that he had, that was only one of the night. He was one of two from beyond the arc. And I think he's been trying to force that show off his NBA range a little bit this year where I, I think his three-point percentage would be much higher. You might get less shots off but much higher if you play within the offense. Also, I wanted to, to get to this comment from Big Bird off the text line. Uh, good amount of times they went to the rim and made Coburn come over to contest. D-Walk was there to clean it up for the easy bucket. Uh, and that, I mean, I think that was a big part of the strategy was um, knowing that you had Derek Walker there to kind of clean things up. And you have guys that are effective at least getting a shot off. I mean, the one circus shot from Alonzo Verge, Basically going under the under the back the bucket and basically challenging where Coburn, Coburn's hand was. He ended up making it, and that's kind of been the complaint at times. But you know, with Verge or McGowan's, they're at least more often than not going to be able to get the shot up. And D. Walker, uh, Derek Walker, was there to clean up. Great point. So there, there, that is that is two points to that, right? But then even better than that is understanding and reading. And, and they had eight blocks, right? You've got to be able to assess that they're coming. You know what I mean? I mean, that would be like me just, just being bullheaded and just saying, uh, I'm continuously going to attack Sean Bradley or uh, Manute Ball or uh, Yao Ming or Shaq uh, or Patrick Ewing. And I know they're there. I'm, even though I could, we talked about the fact that you have to be able to get deeper challenge them with the body 
create the space if you're going to get that off. If you take off in the middle of the paint, you take off at the at the block, you have any space, bl- shot blockers are, are, are cleaning that up, right? So that's when you have to read that next that next play. Yes, you did your job. They came over. Most of the time, you, most defenses are going to shrink towards Derek Walker, right? So if you can't get it to the glass to allow what happened last night with those cleanup situations, you have to know that next pass is going out. That's where your good threes come from. That's where your Tamanaga should be waiting. That's where your CJ Wheelchair should be waiting. Those guys are going to shrink to the paint because they're trying to take away Walker. That's when you do your job, bring the shot blocker over, and then you know where that next pass, you've got to know where that next pass is going. And you've got to hit that guy. All defenses can re- read and react to that, that first one. That's when that second one is there, whether it's to the top of the key or to the corner. That's that's got to be their their next progression if they're going to beat good teams. If they don't do that, this is going to continue to happen. Well, and, and I, I know I see Andy Markowski will be our guest here in a minute setting up. So uh, we're excited to get to him in just a second. So we better get to a break so we can bring Andy Markowski in. Of course, we'll talk Husker men's hoops, Husker women's hoops. He's got a daughter, uh, Alexis, doing great for that team. Three-time Big Ten freshman of the week. I think it was named the National Freshman of the Week as well. So that'll be uh, pretty exciting. Uh, we'll go ahead and take it to break now. Uh, on the other side, Andy Markowski, you're listening to On the Block with Stricken Baca, 93.7 The Ticket.